0: Hello. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 136. And it's Sunday. The clocks have changed. And man alive, I am absolutely exhausted. So I probably shouldn't have had that second. Or was it the third slice of... Uh, crust cheese filled pizza you love those stuffed crust pizzas with the cheese in the crust mm. absolutely delicious but you know what sausage before bedtime does give one heartburn it really does and <laughs> you know, i you know waking up at four o'clock to uh, to watch the scotland pakistan game in the uh, t20 world cup well you know that's for purists only and i'm a purist when it comes to cricket but um yeah the cheesy pizza and the clocks changing the double whammy really messes with the circadian rhythms now that's not like the insect the cicada or whatever is it i don't know maybe i've got it completely wrong the circadian rhythms, the uh Cicada rubbing their wings together I mean then it takes me back to the nightmare of the cricket behind the fridge that I couldn't get rid of and it, was, it sounded like uh, the uh, fat lady was singing her last tune <laughs> but anyway it messes with the, let's go with the circadian rhythm shall we that's what it's been doing and a mixture of heartburn clock changing uh, is really not aided in your dear host's sleep today in fact, very little. I may have to make a cup of Charlie, um, and I've I've promised myself today that I'm going to uh, that I'm going to fast. Yeah, promise myself that I will be fasting today <laughs> through the course of the day and see if that helps. But you know, pardon me. This is the whole thing. This is the this is the devil on my shoulder moment that says oh, don't you fancy a breakfast burrito this morning? There was more like, <laughs> don't you fancy a breakfast burrito this morning? And then the angel said, oh, no, Chappy, no, no, darling. You can't, you can't do the burrito. You had too much pizza last night. Why didn't you try a bowl of oats instead? Well, I'm not a horse, angel, you know. And these, are the, these are the sort of battle that I get the constant back and forth between the angel the food angel and the food devil I mean it's like the devil food cake on my shoulder which would be a, like a slice of chocolate cake I think mean, that's devil food cake isn't it but um, anyway the, the, the pizza the final slice of pizza put pay to any deep slumber that I had last night uh, a sausage before bed never a good idea it message was your circadian rhythms, darling. I may be sleep deprived, but I uh, I can still function well enough, I think, to do this podcast today. Possibly. Who knows? But then I've got the constant battle of this uh, Scotland-Pakistan game. You know, I think, well, maybe I could be watching that. And then there's uh, Antonio Conte's first uh, true premiership game with Tottenham today. I'm mean, a Tottenham supporter. I mean, maybe I shouldn't. Admit this because I probably will lose listeners uh, admitting that I'm a Tottenham fan. Because I don't know what it is. We are like the whipping boy uh, in football. The top. Everybody's laughing that we can't hold a manager. I think we've had we had twenty managers in twenty years, something along those lines. I mean, we've had some good managers, but um, yeah. So that's coming up as well as I record this podcast. So pardon me, you know the, the the stupid fans' view that. Me watching a game can make make a, a difference. That I have the power uh, of Oberon or um, Popocatepetl or some god or you know Lord Jesus Christ to control what happens in the game of football. Yeah, I, I don't have any of that power, but I do think sometimes with me not watching, it uh, it may help help may help the boys bring home the game who knows <laughs> again i have not, i do not have the power to do that but here we go on the podcast today so if you if you want to listen back we had a guy Fawkes special on uh, episode 135 of the podcast and we did talk about people having burning barrels on the back and i'll try to say that after a poor night's sleep or a couple of too many McKellen scotches Uh, Yeah, burning barrels on the back. People do this in celebration of Guy Fawkes Day. They celebrate Guy Fawkes Day and they decide, um, you know, they're going to put a barrel on the back. Now, my issue with that is if you've got a particularly hairy back and you may like wax it or tease it into some sort of hair shape or use hairspray on there. You know, my grandmother used to wear, uses gold L'Oreal hairspray. If you like to, you know, have sort of firmish hair on your back or maybe style your back hair into a quiff, if you have a burning barrel on your back, you're going to have a burnt back. Your back will be burned as a piece of back bacon if you, if you do the flaming barrel on your back with a hairy back that you've decided to put hairspray onto. I mean, that's my biggest fear with the barrel burning because I'd be totally into barrel burning uh, on my back if it wasn't for... You know, as you get to a certain age... Well, who am I kidding? I've had hair on my back for a long time. But, yeah, you get to a certain age and it comes in. But a barrel on your back that's burning could cause all sorts of shenanigans. I mean, you'd have... A, just imagine the amount of aloe vera you'd have to put on to soothe a burning back from a barrel. <laughs> it could be absolutely awful. So, we talked about some traditions on the 5th of November uh, edition of the podcast... Uh, we talked about Maggie barking at homeless people. Um, some of the things we may or may not be talking about today. I noticed that my trash bag was on top of the pile of the trash. I know, I tell you, this is 1st race, great content. I'm going to tell you how I found that out, how I knew that. And also, if you're dating an American girl, or if you you know, American boys, if you're dating, let's say, a, a, a British girl or anybody who's dating Americans, let's put it that way. Yet there there is a certain thing you can do to bridge the gap, so to speak. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna tease it out here. just gonna place it out there and just tease, 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 tease a little bit. So what can we do to bridge the gap? Anybody dating American girls or boys, okay? Um, Also the Nextdoor app, the verification postcard. How frustrating is that? We'll be talking about that. Uh, I saw some runners recently. Looking very disheveled. Very, very disheveled runners. Um, And we'll be talking about my viewpoint of the disheveled runners that I see. Uh, I've also got a new game I'm going to introduce. Uh, some, Some animal was swimming around in the pond. Some being, some species. Let's play a new game today. We've got a few new games here. Also, I have a bag of onions I'm going to introduce you to. Uh, do you know why I'm introducing you a bag of onions? Well, you'll find that out on the podcast, probably today, but maybe in the next couple of weeks. Well, better not leave the bag of onions in there for a few a couple of weeks. That could be absolutely awful. so stinky, those onions. Uh, also, um, has anybody have there? Has anybody had um a chimney sweep over recently? Have you had your chimney swept? No, dear. Oh, no, me. No. less no new no, murs at oh, all. No. Oh no, no, yes. <laughs> have you had your chimney sweep recently? Does anybody have their chimney sweep re- recently? I really have to put my teeth in or get some more sleep, I think. Um, yeah, my parents did, yeah? So, you know, that we'll be talking about that maybe as well. The rarity of the chimney sweep these days. Also, I've decided that I'm going to use maybe this show or other shows that I have In our historical back catalogue. To audition for something. Yep. You'll be finding that out. Again it could be on this show. It could be next week. We'll see how much time we have. How much time we can fit in this nonsense. We have another game as well. We have a a variation of poker. I want to introduce you to. We never talked about the peanut butter cup. Stuck to your foot. Uh, Also how I stung my finger the other day. Again completely wondrous content here on the podcast um have you ever tried to fit put on fitted sheets onto a bed twice in a day i wouldn't recommend it uh, let's talk about that as well um and also um charitable comments that commentators talk about again th- th- i mean this could probably fill up the shows between now and christmas that that's how much content we have going on today uh, also, uh, meatball recipes at 4 a.m. What's wrong with me? Um, I tell you, I, I, I think this show could go on for two hours today. But we'll, honestly, we'll keep it to about an hour. Don't worry, we'll keep. I promise you, we'll keep it to about an hour. It'll be no more than that, and uh, we'll send you on your way after that. Cheerio! Right, top of the show, top of the shop. We have a guide to putting your clocks back. Okay, so first up, in your guide to putting your clocks back. On your smartphone, all right, they're one of those big phones that uh, that basically don't fit into your pocket anymore. Okay, for the smartphone, leave it alone. It does it by magic. Piff, puff, poof, by magic. Okay, if you have a sundial in our guide to putting your clocks back, move one house to the left. That's what you need to do. Move one house to the left, and you'll be fine. Okay. Next, it's getting complicated now. It's getting very difficult. If you have an oven, you will need a master's in electronical engineering or a hammer to get that clock to go back. And then finally, the car radio. If you've got a car radio and you're thinking about putting your clocks back, uh, well, it's not worth it. Just wait six months. Okay, pooch lovers why do dogs tilt their heads research makes an intriguing discovery dogs are weird wonderful goofy creatures who are adorable on the outside and mostly a mystery on the inside as much as like to understand everything about our furry friends are thinking the closest we can get to fully interpreting their behavior is a dedicated work of animal scientists who try to answer some of life's most burning dog related questions like why do dogs tilt their whittle their heads when we talk to them. A recent study in the Animal uh, Cognition, a peer-reviewed scientific journal, explored dog head tilting by observing when and in which direction dogs tilt their heads while performing a cognitively taxing task. The task in question was retrieving a specific toy from another room after being prompted with the toy's name which required the dogs to not only recognize the toy's name as a command, but also recall it from memory and then fetch it. The authors observed 40 dogs and found that pooches, who are particularly good at toy recall, tilted their heads when uh, hearing the command more often than dogs who were not. It's possible the head tilters may even be showing signs of paying attention or even matching a name to a visual image in their heads when they hear the name of their favorite toy. So why do dogs tilt their heads in certain directions, deserves further study. The researchers said whether a dog tilts their head right or indeed to the left could be a personal preference. Previous research on 12 dogs used brain scans to determine the right side of the dog's brains tend to be more active in processing positive or praise words. But the connection that an observation may have on head tilting needs further research, where a human was standing asking your dog to get a toy didn't impact the head tilting. So you could file this dog study under dog habits that are intriguing to know, but are still in the early stages of scientific research. And even though your dog doesn't help tilt their head or actually know uh, how to get a particular toy, they're still very good pups. I mean, that, that article, I have to say, was a little bit like the woolly mammoth the search for the woolly mammoth and you know they they find a woolly mammoth in the permafrost in Alaska or somebody somewhere and then they they you know raise it out of the uh, the tundra and then right at the end of the show they've got the mammoth out of the tundra it's a block of ice and then the show finishes and there's no second part to it it's like the dog tilting I want to know why my dog head is tilting I mean do, do they I mean it's like surely if you're the hunchback of notre dame or notre dame then you know your head may tilt one way or the other maybe a dog with some sort of orthopedic issues could have a head tilting left or right as well i mean you never know there could be uh there could be those hunchback dogs out there who are just looking for their esmeralda i'm a very observant fellow you may have noticed this on the podcast over the over the last year and a half or so However long we've been uh, peddling out this nonsense, this filler. I mean, this podcast is little, a little bit like a tooth filling. You know, it's necessary, but you don't really want it. <laughs> well, let's put it as a gold filling. It's not like a simple, like, uh, it's not one of those white fillings you get. It's a quality gold filling. That's what this podcast is like. But the other day, as I said, I'm an observant fellow. I was walking the dogs, as I do all the time. You know, it's, get, get your 10,000 steps in a day. That's probably like 80,000 for a corgi. Um, but, you know, getting my steps in. And you know, not particularly nice outside New Chappie Towers. They, 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 they leave the trash out. And there was, a, there was a mountainous... I mean, it could be a K2 or even an Everest of rubbish bags, trash bags piled up upon each other. And I thought, ugh, oh, you know what? This is an eyesore. I don't really want to be seeing this. I love looking at the mountains, the autumnal foliage colors. But I don't want to watch it. I don't want to look at a mountain of trash bags. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this? Why are you poisoning my eyes here? But anyway, it caught my eye right at the very top right at the very top there's a slight split in the bag it must be the it must be the cheap bags i get from the dollar store trappy you know possibly that but my bag was right at the top of the pile of trash honestly it really was and the reason that i know that my trash bag my rubbish bag right at the top Slight split in there. And I should see poking out a packet of puff pastry. Well, empty, we used it. But it's a packet of puff pastry at the back. Now who else, probably in America, I would say across Colorado, how many other people are needing and molding puff pastry? Maybe I need to put on a lottery ticket because my bag was right at the top of the pile and the puff pastry was peering out okay people i want to introduce you to a new game play your salmonella onions right a game of salmonella onion russian roulette i've got three bags of onions uh, maybe actually four bags of onions in my larder in my pantry and uh, i don't know if you've been reading but yeah there's some bags of onions that uh, are no bueno yeah you don't want to be eating them uh, no good at all Yes, so we're going to have a game of play your salmonella onions Russian roulette, and uh, I think we need to first of all, we need to get uh, we need to get the wheel a turning, so to speak. We need to get the wheel spinning uh, on the on the uh, on the whole shebang. So let's get the wheel spinning, and then we can pick out our first onion. okay okay so we spun the wheel so let's reach in and just see let's all right see it's truly a bag of onions here i mean the onion skins all over the floor so the first contestant in play your salmonella onions right let's have a look here i think we have a winner winner chicken dinner so we need to check we need to check the list let's just check the uh the list that's been put in front of me here I think we have a safe I repeat we have a safe bag of onions we have some great onions here in the uh, Fargerberg Farms yellow onions the Fargerberg Farms yellow onions are a good bag of onions ladies and mantelpieces pieces. Okay, we have our second contestant coming up in Play Your Onions Right, or uh, as I like to call it, uh, Salmonella Onion Russian Roulette. Uh, so, okay, we have our second, we have our second contestant uh, coming up live on the program here. And uh, first of all, we need to, uh, yeah, we need to get, so to speak, the uh, the wheels are turning here, the onion roulette wheel turning. All right, let's. Here we go. okay so we have our lesser of two evils well maybe not who knows so we had the wheels turning so i'm going to reach into the bag onion onion skin going everywhere absolutely everywhere Ah, oh, that's absolutely terrible Charlie. all right oh this is a <laughs> this is a little squishy this one so let's have a look here okay so we have our second bag of onions Is it going to be a good onion? Or is it going to be a bad onion? Oh, dear, the wait for this. So, again. Nice. Is it a good onion? Or is is it a bad onion? Okay, wait for it. Let's just check the list here. It's a good onion. It's Perry Farms. Okay, so we'll have the last round of Play Your Onions Right or Salmonella Onion Russian Roulette coming up before the end of the program. The last round. <sighs> okay. So, I've li- a little bit of advice for you. Don't dish out advice too much on the show. I would hate to do that. You know, you should, really shouldn't be giving out uh, advice very, very often. But uh, I'm going to give out a little bit of advice. So, so if you're I'm going to give you an example. If you're a British man, British woman, or probably any other foreigner dating an American. So, yeah. First of all, you probably feel very, very jealous. Because, you know, they good education out here. There's good education everywhere, obviously. But well-educated and uh, sort of refined... A lot of them very, very well travelled. Our American cousins, um, but they have the perfect, perfect teeth. I mean, it's like Liberace's piano. The teeth are so perfect. So you know, a lot of things to uh, a lot of things to love about America. Uh, not getting enough holidays is one that you wouldn't love, but uh, uh, and also probably healthcare. Um, but uh, the teeth. The teeth are absolutely fantastic. I mean, it really is a beautiful, those beautiful pearly whites. I mean, nowhere better in the world do you see teeth as white, as pristine, as, uh, as straightly aligned as you do in America. But I've got a hint for you. If your teeth aren't quite as perfect, like a deer hose, not terrible teeth, but, you know, Probably should have had a brace on them a few years ago. A little bit gappy. Yes, no clear. No passion gaps. Yeah. Are <laughs> my sister's obsessed with passion? What, what about these passion gaps? Anyway, look it up. Not going to go into the detail right now. So, we have the perfect American teeth. But I give you a deterrent. I give you something that you can give to your American boyfriend, girlfriend, lover, partner friend just to even up the stakes a little bit just even up the stakes a little bit you need to give them the delicious wonder of a devonshire toffee if you give an american with their perfect teeth a devonshire toffee within no time the the, everything's going to be evened up they may possibly lose a tooth whilst chewing on the Devonshire toffee. That's how utterly chewy, I mean, they're addictive. They probably feel the pain of the tooth as you're trying to get through and chew a Devonshire toffee. If you're talking masticating here, I I said masticating, chewing, not no, no. Minds go to the gutter, don't they? Absolutely awful, masticating. So if you're masticating with a Devonshire toffee, then there's a chance you may lose a tooth. It is it is like trying to clamber up to the upper summit of Everest, trying to chew your way through a Devonshire Toffee. But I guarantee by the end of the whole masticating experience with a Devonshire Toffee, the whole teeth situation will be evened up. They may lose a teeth, there may be a gap in the teeth because the Devonshire Toffee is so tough to chew it's gonna be an equal playing field. So the only way that any other country in the world can have an equal playing field in the teeth department with America is by giving them, probably a little bit hard, and i put it in the freezer, a hard Devonshire toffee. Try it today. You'll be amazed at the results. Ladies and paces, the final round of play your salmonella onions right. Or wrong, whichever way you look at it. So I have one last bag here. I haven't peered into there. There's been no cheating. I'm, I'm going to put my bag into this virgin bag of onions here. It hasn't been touched. It's tied up. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's basically going on here. But we have to spin the, uh, once again, we have to spin the roulette onion wheel. Are we ready for it? Are we going to spin the roulette onion wheel? One last time. The final round. Here we go. Okay, so we spun the wheel. Your lovely host is going to dip his hand into the bag one last time and feel the firmness of the onion. All right, onion skin going everywhere yet again. It's a pretty firm onion. Oh, no. My finger <laughs> has gone. It inserted itself into the onion. I have an inserted finger into the onion. All right. This doesn't look too good. Uh, let's look at the name. <laughs> the, uh, the list of the names here to see if this is indeed a salmonella onion. Well, ladies and gentlemen... It's a load of big bowl. It's a salmonella onion. Oh no, I better go and clean my finger. It's got soppy onion juice there We have a little tip for you on keep calming cauliflower cheese now. When you get measured for a bespoke or made to measure suit, you need to raise your arms for the tape to wrap around your body and then Drop your arms. And also from our good friends at Very British Problems, typing kind regards, pausing for a moment to consider just how livid you are, and then savagely deleting the kind. One of my favourite stories of the week is Pet Monkey belonging to college coach stripper's girlfriend, allegedly bit a trick-or-treater, on Halloween. This might be the bizarre story of the college football season, but on Monday night, rumours of Texas Longhorns special teams coach Jeff Banks, pet monkey, allegedly attacking a young trick-or-treater on Halloween made its way to the internet. Apparently, there's a report that the Texas Longhorns special teams allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. Apparently, Banks is dating a stripper named the Pole Assassin. So a Texas Longhorn is dating a stripper called Pole Assassin. And the pet monkey is part of the uh, stripper act, apparently. Uh, so, anyway, the, the pet monkey... <laughs> the Miss Pole Assassin took to Twitter to deny that the trick-or-treater was hurt, but did imply that the monkey bit the child in her backyard. Yeah, well, you don't want the monkey biting you, any especially in the backyard. That apparently was supposedly... Uh, off limits. Um, no one was viciously attacked. This is a lie, a whole lie. This is what somebody said on Twitter here. Uh, a 12 or 11 year old child should know better to enter somebody's yard. But you don't expect a rabid monkey to be in the backyard ready to bite you, do you? Um, allegedly. Allegedly bitten. So, so it just makes you wonder though you know, if you've got a greasy pole, if you've got a pole that's been lubed up, you know, strippers can obviously go up poles fairly easily. But a monkey with its claws, I would think, are pretty adept at going up stripper poles. It may be an ingenious idea. I mean, any any animal with big hands without claws is gonna slip right down that pole. But a monkey with the little little you know claws that are very, very nimble could be an excellent assistant well let's hope everybody in the tale has recovered and uh and the monkey's back to climbing up its greasy poles i think i must be mistaken i thought the whole uh, act and job of the chimney sweep has gone by the wayside i thought there was a typical sort of victorian dickensian almost type of job and there were no longer any chimney sweeps. I thought the chimney sweeps died out with the uh, the celebrity chimney sweep himself, Fred Dibner. But no, apparently, chimney sweeps are rife. But my mum and dad sweep their own chimneys. Come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they sweep their own chimneys. I mean, apparently, my father has an extendable chimney sweep pole that he can basically prod up the chimney and remove all the dust I mean the boiler chimney and then the uh, and then the, the and then the open fire chimney and uh, I mean this thing can extend all the way up I mean there is no trouble keeping it up <laughs> without you know, I don't know I don't know how long you have to sweep one's chimney for I mean how... Can you do it for hours? Does the arm ache if you're sweeping the chimney for an incredibly long amount of time? Do you need rest between chimney? Can you use your left hand or your right hand to sweep the chimney? I mean, these are all questions I don't know. But I thought that after Dick Van Dyke sang Chim Chimney Chim Chimney Chim Chim, 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 Chim Chim Chiru, that was the end of the chimney sweep. But no, they are they are back in fashion with everybody doing wood-burning wood coal fires and Uh, Wood-burning fires, they are back in fashion and it is a job. It is a career. It's it's something that, you know, maybe I should consider becoming a chimney sweep. I could grow my hair very, very long and bushy. Well, it's long and bushy at the moment, but no no product in there. And I could just go pop up a chimney. I could go along and sweep my neighbor's chimneys very, very easily with this uh, bushy beard of hair I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be marvelous but yeah so you've got like pro sweep chimney soot busters new buck chimney sweep briley masonry chimney uh, wimpy the chimney sweeps and I think my favorite of all dr. sweep <laughs> dr. sweep is my favorite uh, chimney sweeper name of all but there we go you can buy the brushes I mean, let's let's just go on to right now. Let's just see how much a chimney sweep brush on eBay. Because, you know, this could be a fantastic Christmas present for those loved ones to you. The chimney, uh, chimney brushes. We're going to have a look here. Chimney. Yeah, just excuse me a minute. There we go. Yeah, you can, you can get a chimney brush sweep kit, 26 foot. Wow, that's a long chimney sweep brush. With eight rods and an extra head, you can get yourself an extra head for $61 on eBay. So you too can go and sweep your chimney today. There was a lovely article in the Times on how to win an argument, top negotiation skills by experts, by Ian Leslie in the London Times. Um, but... He was, uh, he was actually interviewing some people on climate change at the COP conference this week. Uh, but for his research, he's interviewed people whose business is tense, high stakes, adversarial uh, conversation, hostage negotiators, divorce mediators, therapists and diplomats. Negotiations are never a matter of logic. Our values and self image are always in play. And he found remarkable similarities between the challenges faced by the professionals and those faced by everybody in their daily lives. So in his tips, when it comes to negotiation and uh, how to win arguments, his first tip is start well. So you've taken a sip of sparkling water. Now pay very close attention to what your opposite number says or how they listen to what you say, because any tense conversation, the first few minutes are crucial researchers the Intractable Conflict Lab at Columbia University discovered how participants feel during the first three minutes of a conversation involving conflict sets the tones. Humans are helplessly reciprocal creatures and without realizing it, we mirror each other. So a tense encounter con- can spiral into a raging battle with it either side uh, willing to give in. So those early exchanges are very, very important. You need to find a connection. Part of starting well is making a human connection. A reminder that you may disagree. Uh, You're on the same side. It can be made in small talk around the edges of the conference or in sequencing of of discussions. Henry Kissinger advised negotiators to start with the areas of agreement and move to areas of disagreement. Also leveling up. Negotiations are rarely about the uh, issue we're talking about. There's also an unspoken negotiation going on too for respect and appreciation. When there's power imbalance, this can be fraught. To show they won't be slighted or walked over, the lower status party often acts up and kicks out. Google scientists found when a powerful nation is negotiating with a less powerful one, the less powerful one is more likely to make threats and angry accusations. Negotiators with the upper hand are often oblivious to this dynamic and are simply baffled by the apparent irrationality of the opponent. Smart ones know that the key is to make the other party feel more equal. After also check for an understanding. One of the most frequent reasons disagreements go wrong is that the parties are talking past each other. One side often responds to the argument. They think the other is making rather than the uh, one that they're in and turn to the other side and the other side does the same. Before you know it, a misunderstanding has escalated into a blazing row. We're generally too quick to assume that we have the right end of the stick. To avoid this error, use a simple technique pioneered by addiction therapists. It entails responding to or summarizing what the other says in a way that forms, guess about a meaning. If I understand you correctly, reflection. The speaker can then accept the interpretation and correct it. That has a benefit of minimizing misunderstandings but also it helps in another way. In addiction therapy the patient can feel like the low status party who has to push back against the authority of the therapist. Good therapists like good negotiators go out of the way to lower the inoculators defenses showing that they're listening. Also be curious Jonathan Powell, who was Tony Blair's chief negotiator on what became the Good Friday Agreement, now heads up the organization. He said, good negotiators are intelligent listeners. They don't hear out the other side and they present their own positions. They listen carefully and try to understand where the other guys are coming from. Interrogation experts told me that the best interrogators are generally curious about the person to whom they're talking to, no matter what the crimes they may have committed. The more curious you are about the person on the other side, the more likely they are to open up. Also disrupt the script. Bad negotiations tend to be predictable. The conflict scholar Professor Peter Coleman studied hundreds of conversations between people with opposing views. Coleman found that destructive conversations follow a simple pattern. Each person aligns themselves with a side, blames the other side for the world's ills, both parties become bad-tempered. Everybody's had arguments like that. The constructive conversations Coleman studied were harder to predict. They sometimes involve verbal attacks and bad faith at certain points, and the participants escaped or subverted the dynamic positive emotions like amusement, empathy, insight uh, also entered the mix. Negotiations can be complicated and tough, but even with the best will in the world, there'll be meetings at which everyone is rehearsing the same positions. When this happens, introduce some variety. Not just into what you say, but how you say it. Tell a story, make a joke, suggest that everybody goes to the pub. Whatever the script is, disrupt it. And finally, do not compromise. Mary Parker followed a management guru of the 1920s uh, and also an uppercrust graduate at Harvard and Cambridge and a social activist who spent most of her life working with the poor. Followed also advised American industrialists how to manage conflict with workers. She told them that seeking to crush dissent was futile. But neither did she advise them to bargain. She said that both sides needed to figure out new ways of working together. Follett believed that two positions clash, the solution is not to split the difference, but to create a new solution that's better than anything either party could conceive of alone. Follett said negotiations should be creative and a an act of brilliant inventiveness. Oh, there you are, it's trump or trombone time. A young woman found herself questioning her decisions and living in regret after getting a huge tattoo of her boyfriend's name as her pair broke up a week later. TikTok star Ashlyn Grace got the massive tattoo across her back with the letters trailing down from the base of her neck to the bottom of her spine. In huge letters, the name Alexander is now permanently inked on Ashlyn's back, which she now regrets as the pair broke up just one week ago after she got the tattoo. I mean, it's a case of one syllable good, two syllables bad. Oh, it sounds so painful. I mean, it would be better if she now dates boyfriends called Ted. And you can stay in a psychedelic, snake-shaped Airbnb with rooms connected by maze tunnels. Quetzalcoatl's Nest is an incredible snake-shaped apartment complex that moulds itself into a rocky terrain that's even earned a spot in Netflix's Whilst world's the most amazing vacation rentals. Hidden in Mexico is a one-of-a-kind architectural wonder that deserves a place on your bucket list. Quetzalcoatl's nest, which lends itself with the feathered Aztec serpent god Quetzalcoatl, is a fantastical snake-shaped structure that houses 10 private apartments in a secret garden. When the Mexican architect Javier Senesuan, the brain behind the building, was given the land to design one of his masterpieces, he wasn't planning on building a multicolored snake. He wanted to design something that would complement the land, which he did. Javier used the natural caves and curves of the terrain, structured the ethereal, intricately decorated, and brightly colored sculpture that snakes in and out of the landscape. Allegedly, one Reddit review said, Rooms were a bit on the cramped side. I felt a bit boa constricted. And finally, I'm just going to read you the headline to this one. I'm a doctor, and it's true. A large nose can indicate a man's penis length. That's all. So I finally got my finger cleaned up, and um, there's onion skin everywhere. Onions, onions are plenty surrounding me. (laughs) Anyway, I could keep all of them, which is good. So, I had the situation the other day where I got a peanut butter cup stuck to my foot. Now, I have dogs, so I'm forever trying to scrape off dog doo-doo, dog shite, whatever, off my feet. But the hardest thing I've ever had to prise off my foot is a Reese's peanut butter cup. And it gets everywhere. You're prising it off. Try to do it with a a knife. It gets stuck under your nails. I mean, it is worse than the aforementioned doggy doo-doo. When it gets stuck to your foot. Now, why were the kids dropping peanut butter cups on the floor? But it's still stuck to my foot and I cannot get it off. Please, answers on a postcard at Chappie Towers. How do you get a Reese's peanut butter cup off your shoe? It is a real first world problem. Had the irritation of waking up at like four in the morning. Uh, The the time change really hasn't done very well. But I started looking at how to make meatballs video. I was just like meatball obsessed at four o'clock this morning. There's all sorts of meatballs, Swedish meatballs, how to make that delicious like creamy gravy that goes over Swedish meatballs. There were sticky uh, honey-laden meatballs as well. I was basically researching sticky balls or sticky meatballs at 4 a.m. this morning. Yeah, there's sleep sleep deprivations getting to me here. But there was something that was absolutely marvellous in terms of meatball recipes. So basically, it were um, meatballs, beef meatballs, and they were put into a Pyrex dish with a very, very slender, almost guillotine, guillotined uh, potatoes around the meatballs. So the the, the potatoes were like the castle walls and the uh, meatballs were almost the turrets. And with that, they poured on a moat of marinara, uh, like tomato sauce, um, a typical pasta sauce over the top. Uh, ragu and um, and then they sprinkled all this cheese uh, like they, they had uh, cheddar they had parmesan, romano all of that, to mozzarella and then they had breadcrumbs on top and they baked it baked meatballs with potatoes, oh my gosh it looked bloody delicious, absolutely delicious so I've been thinking about that all night so I think if you're thinking about meatballs whilst having heartburn that can't be a good sign goodness gracious great meatballs of fire so beautiful having you here today for the podcast thank you so much for listening (sighs) I'm going to go and relax now I think busy busy night busy weekend maybe I can have a nap you know what I'm still going to continue the fasting I think But don't have a famine-filled weekend. Don't fast in terms of podcasts this weekend. Listen to Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Because as the meatballs are sizzling, you can hear Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese almost anywhere. Anywhere. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Slacker, all of them. So many different places you can listen to the podcast. Like and subscribe where you can. Follow my nonsense on Instagram, keep coming cauliflower cheese or Twitter at keep cheese. Or if you want to comment it's anything at all. Uh, no, no trolling, of course, no trolling. Uh, but that's uh, that's about it. Uh, but there is a musical edition. So if you like the musical Butler and Porim edition on Spotify, you can have The Communards. You can have The Bars, You can have Culture Club. Was Not Was. Pizzicato 5. Shanice. The Beatles. The little Chim chimchimini, Chim Chiminey. Chim Chim Drew. The Talking Heads. You have some Bon Jovi. The Cure. 1975. Oh, wow. That is your musical playlist. If you like musical illustration to the audio that you have from your dear host Chappie, then there we go i will be back next week just a little warning and i don't anyway i don't think it'll be a problem but i'm having two shots i'm having the flu shot and i'm having the covid booster shot so i'm having the covid booster shot on thursday so i'm a little concerned if i do have a reaction to it it, uh, <laughs> it may make the podcast i may be doing the podcast from bed and many people say it looks like you're doing the podcast horizontal all the time chappy well no but just a little warning we will get round to two podcasts but uh let's hope i'll be at my full strength coming up next the poem this is november by charles cleveland when a thistle blows do lightly float about the pasture height and shrills the hawk a parting noise and creeps the frost at night then hilly ho, through singing so, and whistle I may, here comes again the old heart pain. In high wind creaks the leafless tree, And nods the fading fern, The knolls are done as snow clouds be, And the cold the sun does burn. Then ho hollow, through calling so I cannot keep it down. The tears arise unto my eyes, and thoughts are chill and brown. Far in the cedars, dusky stoles, where the sear ground vine weaves, the partridge drums, funeral rolls above the fallen leaves, and hip-hop, though cheering so, it stills no wit the pain, for drip, drip, drip from bare branch tip, I hear, years last rain, so drive the cold cows from the hill, and call the wet sheep in, and let their stamper clatter fill, the barn with warming din, and ho-folk ho, though it may so, and be no more may roam. We still find a cheerful mind around the fire at home. I will be back again in a week hence. Hope you have a lovely week. Enjoy the beginning of November. Keep warm and carry on. Until then, cheerio for now.